This is the Investor Mindset Podcast, and I'm Stephen Pesavento. And for as long as I can remember, I've been obsessed with understanding how we can think better, how we can be better, and how we can do better. And each episode, we explore lessons on motivation and mindset from the most successful real estate investors and entrepreneurs in the nation. Investor Mindset listeners, welcome back to another amazing show. Today, we talk with Jay Scott, who many of you guys know from his work flipping houses with bigger pockets. But what you guys might not know is that he really doesn't actually like flipping houses. So it's going to be a really fun episode. We're going to dive into some of his takeaways, some of his lessons learned. And I think his story of how he found his motivation and how he really got his whole career down that entrepreneurial path started really comes together. And uh, I'm really grateful for the the lessons that I learned from this episode. So I'm excited for you guys to get into it. If you guys are enjoying the show, I really have to push you to please support us. Go drop a five-star review on iTunes, write something nice, You know, go subscribe on YouTube or join the Insider Club at theinvestormindset.com where you can find out more about some of the great things we have coming down the pipe. And uh, without further ado, let's get into this show. Welcome back to the Investor Mindset Podcast. I am really excited today. I have Jay Scott in the studio. How are you doing today, Jay? Awesome. How are you doing, Stephen? Really appreciate you having me here. I am doing amazing. And for all of those of you who don't know Jay, he's an entrepreneur, investor, and co-host of the Bigger Pockets Business Podcast. Um, in the past 10 years, Jay and his wife have bought, built, rehabbed, sold, lent on, and held over $40 million in property all around the country. Jay runs the popular website 123 Flip and is the author of four books on real estate investing, including a bestseller named The Book on Flipping Houses. So I am really excited to have Jay on. I've been following his stuff for a really long time, and he's been an inspiration to so many people um, in this space. So uh, you ready to get started? I am. I appreciate that. Thanks. Yeah. So you've had quite the career. You've done a lot of different things. You've really grown and you've been able to influence so many people. You've you know, in some ways you've hit success by a lot of people's definitions. But if we start by taking a look back, what events or influences from your childhood shaped who you are today? Yeah, so um, I, I guess if we go all the way back, um, the, the pertinent details were that I grew up, um, I would say, relatively poor. Uh, my, we always had enough to survive. I'm, I'm not saying we were, we were impoverished. Um, there was always food on the table. There was always a roof over our heads. Uh, but we didn't have a whole lot of extra stuff. We didn't have the toys. We didn't have the the extras. We didn't go on the nice vacations. And so for me, that was all pretty much normal. And I remember I got into college and I decided to study engineering. And I think a lot of people go to college with the expectation that I'm going to get a degree in something that's going to make me a lot of money. And I remember choosing engineering and it never occurred to me that engineering could be a lucrative career. Um, I think I more went into it because I liked math, I liked science, I, I'm kind of the, the, the introverted kind of geeky guy that, that um, a lot of people probably don't realize, but my wife would certainly tell you that. And so I decided to go in and get this engineering degree. And so I get into college the first year, and my parents are kind of getting some loans, signing on some loans for me, so I'm paying for college. And then sophomore year of college, um, I, I had some disagreements with my parents about what I was going to do next. I was thinking about changing my major. They didn't want me to. And long story short, they basically said, you're going to do what we want you to do, or we're cutting you off financially. And again, wow. we, didn't, we didn't have a ton of money, but for for what, what that meant um, in terms of real world 
um, what, what was going to happen was that I wasn't going to be able to get loans for college anymore. So they weren't going to mm-hmm. sign for the loans for me. I couldn't get loans by myself. Um, so basically, I had a big decision to make there. Do I do what my parents want me to do and keep the college thing going, or do I go off on my own and figure it out myself? And ultimately, I decided to figure it out myself. And so what that looked like was I was still going to go to college, but I ended up getting multiple jobs. And I was mm-hmm. working 40 to 60 hours a week for three, yeah. four years of college to put myself through college. And that was the first time in my life when it hit me that, huh, this money thing, even though I've never had a lot of it, this money thing is kind of important. And mm. so I, if, if I want to work 40, 60 hours a week and go to school and, and do all of this the rest of my life, it's going to be a struggle. So potentially there's a better way. And at the time it wasn't entrepreneurship is the better way, but at the time it was, oh, I can, I can get a good engineering job. I can, I can work for a big tech company. Um, and that's kind of my key to getting out of this, this life of not having a lot of money and having to struggle and work really hard for it. So I think for me, that was kind of the first time that money really started to pop into my head and and it started to mm-hmm. consume me um like this this alternative lifestyle I could have I didn't have to live the way I'd been living for the first 18 years of my life I could actually have yeah. something different and and so I think that was the the most transformative early thing um when it when it came to money and career and and just life track so you were living a good childhood you guys had you know food on the table and things like that but there wasn't a lot of abundance do you remember thinking to yourself that there was some kind of negative impact to that earlier in life? Or was this really the first time that you realized like, you know, hey, this money thing's important? It, it, it had never occurred to me. I'd always had jobs. I'd always like made money, like side jobs to make enough money to like buy my own little toys and, and, and that sort of thing. Um, but it, 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 I don't know. I just, it never really, I never thought about money. Money had never been, um, my, my family it wasn't a central theme in my family. We didn't talk about money. We didn't talk mm-hmm. about finances. I didn't know at the time that we were poor. I just this was just yeah. how I lived, and I was just like, okay, this is this is going to be my life. And it wasn't really until I was responsible for figuring out how I was going to take care of myself that it ever occurred to me that I have another alternative besides like kind of living paycheck to paycheck like my parents did. Yeah. So you saw this whole potential life that you could be living that was so different from the one that you had been before if you could just figure out how to how to hack this money thing what was it that came out of that realization what was the impact of that so I, I think for me it was I needed to work hard and uh-huh. I I was always very fortunate that um, I was I was a pretty smart kid I'm a good test taker I'm, I'm really analytical so I was able to coast through high school I was able to coast through the first couple of years of college without much effort whatsoever. And I think a lot of people, a lot of people are going to listen to that and say, oh, he's bragging or that's like a really good thing. But in, in all honesty, that's actually a very bad thing because it, mm-hmm. it made me lazy. And I found yeah. that, um, that when I had to get a job to actually continue going to college, the first thing I thought was, huh, maybe I'll just drop out because that's mm-hmm. a lot of work. 
And I know, like I look at my wife now, and she grew up um, in, in a worse financial situation than I did. And mm-hmm. I mean, she used to to work multiple jobs, and she'd get up at four in the morning and work until ten at night. And I never had that mentality. I, I was kind of like, I'm going to do the 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 minimum I have to do to get by. And so I think the big change for me was if I want to make something of myself, if I want to have the money, if I want to be able to go to college, if I want to be able to to do whatever. I needed to work really hard. And so it was really, it was the middle of college that it really hit me that hard work was kind of uh, going to be instrumental in helping me define where I wanted to go. That is such a big moment in your life, Jay. It's like before this point, you were naturally smart. You were naturally gifted. You didn't really have to push yourself. So you didn't create that fire inside that that you had to claw your way out. Um, you just kind of were you know, you were happy with what you had. You guys, you know, you never really thought you didn't have enough. There wasn't a lot of talk about money, which is, you know, seems to be common in kind of a middle class um, type family. And it was at that moment that you created this fire inside that said, I can do more. Absolutely. And you went after it. A- absolutely. And, and it was that moment that I decided... I'm going to be willing to work hard to achieve what I want to achieve. It's not, I'm just going to kind of go where my life takes me. I'm kind of in control of my life. And if I'm willing to put in the effort and the work, um, I can, I'm, I can be the master of, of my destiny. Yeah. I, I just love that story. That is, that's, that's really incredible. So when you realize that, what did you start doing? Where did you start learning as far as how you were going to go out and, and make that come to reality because you were essentially coming into it without really a lot of knowledge on that front. Yeah. So, um, it's, it took me a little while to figure out what was going on. Again, I, I grew up without any financial education. I didn't, I had no mm-hmm. idea if my parents made $5,000 a month or a hundred thousand dollars a month, um, or, or a hundred dollars a month, it, it, like money. I had no concept of what a lot of money mm-hmm. was. And this was the first time that I was paying my own bills and I was paying for my own college. I was paying for my own food. So it, it took me uh, several years to really get my head around how money works and how financial finances work. And I remember graduating college and one of the worst things I think that that happened to me in college um, was that I was able to get a couple credit cards. And I don't know if it's still like this. I'm I'm in my 40s now, so maybe it was different back then. But it used to be that, like on college campuses, Discover Card would come out in the uh, in the cafeteria, and like you fill out a piece of paper, and now you've got a credit card. And then you go to the next booth down, and you fill out another piece of paper, and you've got another credit card. And so. I graduated with some school debt. Um, I graduated with credit card debt. And it wasn't until a year or two after college that I looked back and I realized I've got $30,000 in debt. And I, I had a job, but I wasn't making that much money. And it occurred to me that, okay, it's not just hard work. Now I have to add the next piece, which is actually doing research and studying and understanding how money works and finances work and how to create a budget and how to actually make more money than I'm making just by working my nine to five job. So it was about a year or two out of college that I really sat down and I created a spreadsheet and I said, okay, I'm getting out of this debt and my goal is to be out of debt in two years. And so I said, okay, if I go get a second job at night, I can make money. If I cut back on my, on my bills, I can make money. If I don't go out, I can make money. I can save money. 
And so I put together this plan to basically get rid of my credit card debt in two years. And so I'm working my nine to five job, my engineering mm-hmm. job. Um, I get my, I get some, uh, I, I go to some bartending school. And so I get a piece of paper that says I know how to bartend. I get a job as a bartender. So I'm basically working uh, nine to five, nine to six. And I go into a bartending job from like seven to 11 or 12, go home, go to sleep. And I'm doing this for like two years. And it wasn't quite two years. It took me, I think, two and a half or three years. But within two and a half or three years, I paid off $30,000 in debt. So yeah. now for the first time in my life, I'm debt free. I'm thinking about money. I feel like I have some handle on my finances. And so it was right around, I guess I was like 26, 27. And for the first time in my life, I'm like, okay, I can do anything I want here. And and so that's when I kind of really started digging into investing, um, money management, um, creating side business, entrepreneurship. Um, and so I was, I was working my full-time job, but starting at around 25, 26, 27, that's when I like started, started the side businesses and started the, the, what today yeah. I guess a lot of people call the side hustles. That's really where all of this that you are now doing today is that's where it really started. So it sounds like, it sounds like you, you, you created this fire and then you started realizing you needed to start looking for some of that financial education. You took some missteps, you yep. filled yourself with some debt, and then you figured out a way out of it. So why don't we switch gears a little bit? Tell us a little bit what your primary focus is today. What is it that you do, Jay? Yeah, so um, let me fast forward really quick. Um, my career ended up taking off. I moved to California. I was working for Microsoft. I had a, a really good job, um, and my I met this woman and she worked for a big tech company. She worked for eBay and she was doing really well. And we were both making a lot of money. We were like on the fast track. She was traveling like three weeks a month for her job. I was dra- traveling a month, or, uh, week or two a month for my job. Back in 2008, we decided let's get married. And basically, she looked at me and said, "We can't keep doing this whole work thing. Like literally, our relationship. We we joked that our relationship worked because we never saw each other." Like we'd be yeah. walking, we'd be walking through the airport every every couple of weeks. We'd give her give each other a high five. Hey, welcome back. See you in a week. <laughs> and um, so we decided back in 2008. She's like, let's just quit our jobs and figure this out ourselves and and wow. go do something. I said, well, what do you want to do? And she said, I don't know, but we're two smart people and we can figure it out. But the most important thing is, I want to put my family first. I want to have kids. I want to be a stay at home mom, or at least I want to be first and foremost a mom. I want. I don't uh-huh. want you to ever have to miss the baseball games or the piano recitals because you're working. Like we just need to put family first, and we'll figure it out. And so it was back in uh, in spring of 2008 where I said, "Okay, let's do it." She had this tenacious wife, and she had laid out this whole plan, this vision yep. of what life could be like. And uh, she sounds pretty persuasive. I mean, it she, sounds like a good life to me. She is, and uh, unfortunately, the piece of the vision that was missing was what was actually going to allow us to earn cash. Um, and so, um, so she had but, the purpose, but she didn't have the how exactly she didn't have the, the execution plan. Exactly. But she had the confidence and uh-huh. it was enough to convince me, Hey, let's give this a try. So, uh, so spring of 2008, we quit our jobs. We moved from California to Georgia. We moved to Atlanta. Um, and we said, okay, we're going to figure out what we're going to do next. And somehow, some way we fell into real estate investing and that kind of, that, that kicked off the next phase of our lives. And over the past 10 years, um, we've kind of 
gone headfirst into real estate investing. Um, we've gotten pretty well known for flipping houses, but we've done a whole lot more than that. And mm-hmm. uh, and and so these days, um, we're doing the real estate investing still, but uh, we're also investing in businesses. We're doing some other investing. We're starting businesses, writing books, uh, doing a podcast. So so these days, we kind of branched out into a whole bunch of different entrepreneurial ventures. So you guys are so much more than flipping because I've always known you as the house flipping guy. Yeah. One, two, three, flip. Dot com. Let's go learn about some house flipping from Jay Scott. Yep. And, and the funny thing is, I hate house flipping. Um, I, yeah. I got known for it, and and somehow my wife has helped me build a good brand around it, and people know me uh-huh. as the house flipping guy. But I hate house flipping. I don't like real estate. Um, for me, it's the yeah. challenge of building a business and being mm-hmm. able to to turn like in some piece of inventory, whether it's houses or shoes or food or whatever it is, taking inventory and figuring out how to buy low and sell high and, and yeah. really just building a business around whatever it is you're doing. I feel like we can relate a lot on that front. I don't necessarily hate real estate. I, what I love about real estate is the potential that yeah. there's this whole group of people who are so excited about about one growing, but two going after the things that they really care about in life, and you know, living a life full of freedom. But you know, when you get into it, you kind of come into it thinking, "Hey, this is going to be everything. I'm going to quit my job. It's going to be easy. The money's going to start rolling in." And I can tell you, first and foremost, you know, I've done a lot of transactions. It ain't easy, and it ain't always fun. Yep. But uh, you know, at the end of the day, we do grow a lot through that process, and we run it like a business. Um, it's it doesn't we're just providing a product of of that home yeah and, and actually i think it's my dislike of the process the dislike of the day to day in real estate that's kind of mm-hmm. forced me and and i know other people feel the same way in their businesses it's forced me to kind of figure out the systems and processes that will allow me to grow that real estate business without having to spend my time doing the stuff that i dislike the day to day stuff so so i if, if anything I, I find that the people that love real estate um, end up working too much in their business and not enough on mm-hmm. their business. So, so to some extent, my my dislike of the day to day in real estate has has been partially what's helped us grow. Well, I'll throw you a little curveball because I'm sure you know people probably haven't asked this to you. You know, you're Mr. House Flipping. Why? You know, there's so many things not to like about it. Why not just shut it all down completely and focus on building a business that's built around the things that you that you know and and love. Yeah, so um, I think if anything, at first it was more the challenge. I remember we started in 2008 at the basically the absolute bottom of the market. Uh, although we didn't know it was the bottom of the market, who knows? We, we, people were talking about yeah. it's going to keep going down for the next two decades. Um, and when I decided to start flipping houses in 2008, all I heard was, "You can't do that. That's impossible." And everybody's like yeah. losing their losing their shirts, and and there's no way you're going to succeed. You've never done real estate before, and so for me, if 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 anything, at the beginning, it was kind of, "I'm going to show you," and I'm going to mm-hmm. I'm going to just I'm going to do this because there are so many people that are telling me I can't do it. Um, then, after a few years of actually realizing that I could do it. Um, I think there was a combination of I'm going to keep doing it because it's easy or I figured out how to do it. And there were certainly a few years in there where we were flipping houses even though we knew we shouldn't be, or we were flipping more mm. houses than we should have been doing because we weren't enjoying it. And mm. one of the the big tenants that we we kind of built our life on when we quit our tech jobs was we're going to do stuff that we enjoy. 
and we're going to focus on those things that that give us energy and happiness and and um, a, a sense of satisfaction, and not focus on those things that stress us out and and those things that uh, we don't enjoy doing. So there were definitely a few years in there, like 2012 to 2014, maybe, where I kept saying to myself, I'm not enjoying this, but the money's easy and everybody knows us as house flippers. And so I don't want to like disappoint people and I don't want to mm-hmm. feel like I'm quitting. So we kept doing it. And mm. it was it was right around 2014 or 2015 that I, for the first time, was comfortable saying, I don't really enjoy this. And while uh-huh. I might do it, I'm not going to pretend that, that we're flipping a lot of houses anymore. And it was 2015 that I started telling people, we're still flipping, but we're not doing the volume we were doing. And we're doing different stuff because we weren't enjoying it. And I remember people telling me, well, you have these books out there uh, about flipping houses. If you tell people you don't enjoy flipping or that you're not doing it as much, that's going to kill your income stream there. And I'm like, I don't care. I mean, uh, there, there are yeah. people out there that are going to love doing it and they should. And, and for the people that don't enjoy it, uh, either figure out how to systematize it so you're not doing a lot of it or figure out something else that you enjoy. So that, that, was, a big, that was a big mindset shift for me. Yeah, a huge mindset shift. Even just being able to admit to yourself, this is something that I've been doing and I've built my life around. You know, in just this little chapter that was the house flipping chapter, it still is. But being able to admit to yourself that like, hey, you know what? We went and did this. I'm good at it, but yep. I don't really love it. Yep. And to be able to put that out in the world, it takes so much from an authenticity standpoint to be able to put that out there because, you know, frankly, we all, you know, take some big swings and we try some stuff and we get good at it. But yep. being able to be true to yourself and say, even though I'm really good at it, even though I'm really strong in this skill, I don't like it and I don't want to build the rest of my life around it. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So, kind of going on a little bit different path. You mentioned you're working with your wife. You guys obviously both quit some pretty pretty high-end tech jobs, which I, I'd love to hear a little bit more about the decision to do that because I feel like a lot of our listeners run into that. Happy wife equals a happy life, right? Absolutely. So what have you found are the things that you would want to share with yourself that you know now that you'd maybe want to share with yourself early on about you know building a great life with a, your partner? Yeah, um, and I, I think that um, luckily we did it right from the start. Um, not so much because I knew what I was doing, but because I trusted my wife and I listened to her. I think there are a lot of people out there who they're they're, and this goes back to that that tech job that are working their nine to five, they're working their jobs, and they're very comfortable. And um, the the greatest the greatest risk to a lot of us, the greatest fear for a lot of us, is discomfort. And it's it's not so much being poor, but it's it's or, or not making a lot of money, but it's trying something and failing. Um, mm-hmm. And and what I found talking to a lot of people is it's not so much about the money. If I say to somebody, "Hey, would you take a big risk? Um, if you were to take a big risk and lose a bunch of money doing it, or find that you're not making a lot of money, uh, how does that make you feel?" And and people tend not to be averse to that. They're like, "Well." Yeah, that's a risk, but it's worth it. And then I talk to them about, well, what if you take a risk and then you have to tell everybody you know that you failed and and that you have to go back to a job? And that's where people get uncomfortable. 
And so we all say we're not taking risk because we think it's a financial risk. But I think for a lot of us, it's more an ego risk than anything. Mm-hmm. People people are scared to to say, I'm going to try something because if they have to then admit this didn't work out, I have to go back to my job or I have to go do something else. That's that's you, you, People feel like, like they're a failure. Um, so for us, quitting our tech jobs and 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 doing what we did um, was more about um, it, it was about the mindset shift in priorities. It was about saying that I don't care what other people think. I don't care if in five years I have to say, yeah, that didn't work out and I have to go back to my tech job. I don't care about that. All I care about is that my wife needs something right now and our family needs something right now and this isn't mm-hmm. about other people and what they think this is about what's best for us and if mm-hmm. i have to eat my pride and say i failed and we have to go i have to go get another job in 5 years who cares um, the most yeah. important thing is that that i'm doing what's right for my family now and i'm giving this a try because this is this is this is the right thing and I don't know if I said I don't know if I said that right, but but um, yeah, that's no, I, I followed it a hundred percent. I I think you know when I decided to leave the corporate world to leave you know all of that behind, I I looked at it and I thought to myself, well, what's the worst that's going to happen, and how long would it take me to get back to where I was? Um, and I realized that I could go and leave, and that they're still going to be hiring for the same roles that I was in, and I was still going to be able to go get them. And so it's kind of like. I hedged my bets, but I didn't have a you know a wife to think about or a partner in crime. And so you know, going back to that original question, what what is it that you'd want to share with yourself back when you guys were getting started about what it takes to have a happy, healthy, uh, great relationship like you guys do? Yeah, I, I think it's a lot of it's communication. And it's being able to be honest with each other about what you want and to be honest with each other about your fears. I look back and I think that um, as, as much as I, I sound cavalier in the, um, I don't care what other people think and I, I don't care what, uh, what, anybody, uh, what, what anybody, I don't care about my ego. In reality, I did. And so, yeah, we quit our jobs and we went and we started a business, but I was still a lot more conservative than, than I should have been. So it, it, looking back, if I were to do one thing differently, it would have been, I would have taken more risks sooner. Uh, my wife and I talked yeah. about the fact that, that we flipped like 200 houses in the first five years that we were flipping houses. It should have been 2,000. And we should have been buying rentals and we wow. should have been buying multifamily and we should have been doing a whole bunch of other stuff. But I think there was this, this little thing in the back of my mind that's like, oh, we're succeeding, we're doing this, we're doing this. Let's not take too many chances so we don't screw it up. And and so if I if I had to do it over again, if I had to give myself some some advice back then, it would be go even further away from the 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 ego thing and and don't just be willing to to quit and take a chance, but take big chances. Um, because it's it's easier to take big chances when you're young before you have kids than it is as you get older and 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 you really have a family. Yeah, yeah, that makes so much sense. So from a success standpoint, you know, how would you define success? What is success for you? Success for me is just it, it's a feeling, and I know a lot of people are like, well, how much money do you need to 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 retire on, or how much cash flow do you need to be successful or wealthy or whatever? And for me, it's literally it's just getting up every day and thinking I'm happy. And mm-hmm. if 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 I had to go back to a job tomorrow, um, I know that that the risks that I took and the decisions that I've made have been the right decisions. 
And I could go uh-huh. back to working at nine to five tomorrow. I could go work at Starbucks tomorrow for 12 bucks an hour. And I would still feel like I was successful because I was true to what I wanted to do. I tried. I, I, I put myself out there and I said, this is uh-huh. the right thing for my wife. Actually, I didn't say it. She said it. She said, this is what we're going to do. This is the right thing for us. <laughs> this is the right thing for our family. And I, I think the best thing she did for us was she always reinforced, if it doesn't work, we'll figure it out. She never took the yeah. attitude, this is the, you're going to be successful or else, or you have to figure this uh-huh. out. It was always, we're going to figure this out. It was always we. And uh-huh. it, it was we when we started. It's we now. It'll be we forever. And it's always, if it doesn't work, it's okay. We'll figure it out. And so for me, just knowing that that I can take those chances and I have taken those chances, that's success for me. It, it's, it's, not, it's not the outcome. It's the process. Sometimes in life, we just need permission to uh, take a little risk and to to fail. And it sounds like within within that s- scenario you're talking about, you really had that. Yeah. So you know, under that definition, do you feel like you've hit success? Are you successful? Absolutely. I mean, I, I tell a story like back in 2014, um, I when I started feeling like uh, flipping houses wasn't kind of where I wanted to be, at least for a little while. Uh, a friend of mine. Was was had this idea for a tech company, a tech product company, and um, he he said, "Hey, do you want to do this with me?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I do. Like, real estate's been great, um, but now's the time to take a different type of chance, uh, a different type of risk, and I need to do something that that I really love and technology and and educational things. This was an educational product." Um, have always been really important to me. So I said, let's do this. And I spent two years working on this company with my friend. We, we sunk um, a good couple hundred thousand dollars into the business. And uh-huh. two, 2016, we had to shut the business down because it wasn't working. And so it was the first major, well, I guess we can call it a failure, but I never thought about it as a failure. Um, to mm-hmm. me, it was a success that, again, I was true to what I wanted to do. I gave it a try. Um, we worked really hard at it. I learned a ton. Um, and so even though a lot of people look back and they, they would say, hey, you lost a couple hundred thousand dollars, that's, that's, that's your business failed. Well, no, it wasn't yeah. a failure. It, it was a success and um, because it, it did everything it was supposed to do. It, it got me out of my comfort zone. It forced me to, to try things I, I didn't. Really feel comfortable trying. Um, I uh-huh. learned. I learned a hell of a lot, and and so in, in all regards, I look at that business failure as a tremendous success in my life. So so for me, it's 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 all about success. Again, it's the journey. It's not the it's not the end result. The journey, not the end result. Yeah. So you know, with all that success, I imagine you probably have some things that you do on a daily or weekly basis that kind of lead to that success. What are what are some of those keystone habits that really make you live a great life every day? Yeah, so the first is that, and I promised my wife this um, 10 years ago when we quit, is that we have to put our family first. And mm-hmm. we're never going to make decisions that, that prioritize money over family. Um, and so a good example of that was um, about, Six months ago, my wife said to me, I'm not happy where we're living. Um, and we were in Maryland and we built our dream house and we had a lot of friends. But my wife is very, she, she can't handle cold weather. 
And mm. so when we moved to Maryland, I kind of lied to her because that's where I was from and I wanted to move back yeah. there. And I kind of lied to her and said, oh, it's not that bad, not that much snow. Uh-huh. And we had some really bad winters there for a few mm. years. And, and so she was really unhappy for like six months out of the year. Um, mm. And so about six months ago, she said, we need to do something. Like, I, I just I mm. can't handle another winter. I said, great, um, let's move. She's like, really? I was like, yeah, decide where you want to go. And two weeks later, she said, let's move to to Florida. We f- I found a place that has really good schools for the kids, and it's on the beach, and and it's, it's everything I want. And two weeks after that, our house was on the market, and two months after that, we were moved. Um, so for That's me, the, 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 the thing that kind so of... So putting the family first is definitely key for you. Yeah, and, and it was never even a question. It wasn't so much, um, what are we going to do with the business? Like, how are we going to do this? What, what issues is this going to cause? It was just, we'll figure it out. This is what's mm-hmm. right for the family. This is what's right for my wife. This is what's what's right. And and like you said, happy wife, happy life. Um, it's very true mm-hmm. in my family. My my wife is kind of the 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 glue that keeps the family together. Um, yeah. And when she's happy, everybody's happy. Everybody's tremendously yeah. happy. But when she's not happy, it's like it. it the, there's just there's tension. Um, and it makes so, so much sense. Yeah. So, so there was really, it was, it was a really simple decision. Let's just go and we'll figure everything else out. So from a habits perspective though, what are, what are some of the other things that you do on a daily or weekly basis? Yeah. So, um, habits, um, for me, it's get up in the morning and family time first and mm-hmm. at night family time. And so work is around family. So every morning I get up and I, I sleep. My wife gets up really early. I tend to sleep in. Um, but for the first hour that I get up, it's it's family time. And it's breakfast with the kids and it's playing with the kids and it's doing what we need to do. And I don't even start to think about work until the kids are at school or mm-hmm. if it's not a school day for the first hour. Um, yeah. And then... Then same in the afternoon, um, I I get the kids off the bus. Um, if I'm in the middle of work, well, I stop working for a half hour to get the kids off, kids off the bus and talk to them about their day. Um, so so certainly, again, it's a family first thing, and I plan my day around the family. Um, some other things, I try and, and get some exercise every day. So I've found mm-hmm. that um, um, I've, I've gotten really out of shape the last 10 years since the kids were born. And I've started to realize that the days that I don't get any exercise, I don't really move around, um, I tend to be less happy. And when I'm less happy, mm-hmm. I'm less productive. And when I'm less productive, it, it's just a, it snowballs Cycle. into to more unhappiness. Um, so I, I've kind of gotten into the habit of trying to move around every day. I got a standing desk, and literally, I'm sitting right now. And it's it's funny that I'm sitting right now because um, I sit probably less than than five minutes a day from the time I wake up to the time I go to sleep. And so, so for me, just keeping my body moving just keeps me happy and keeps me productive. Um, what other habits? It's it's funny because I don't think of myself as a habits type of person. Um, uh-huh. I, I just and that's part of it is that I, I try not to schedule too many things. Um, I'm doing a podcast now, and it's the first time in ten years that I've like really had calendars out more than a day uh-huh. or two, and it's it's really difficult for me because I found that um, I, I tend to do best when I'm making my own schedule, and I kind of if mm-hmm. I have the urge to go work on this. 
I work on that. If I have the urge not to work at all, I stop working. Um, if I have the urge to go play with my kids, I play with my kids and it's, I try and schedule as little as possible. And I, I try and so, so it's not that I don't have habits, but, but I'm that not. That right there is a habit, Mr. Yeah. J. You know, you're, you, you like that for you, that creativity sounds like that's where that comes out of having some of that free space. So we yep. really appreciate and, that. And, and let me point out to anybody that's listening, um, we've probably, my wife and I have probably given up a whole lot of money over the years because we don't like to commit to things. We don't like to commit to things over the family. Um, there have mm-hmm. been plenty of opportunities that we've turned down because we've thought, no, this is going to take too much time. We had an opportunity to do a, a TV show, one of those flip shows back in 2015, mm-hmm. and HGTV sent out a camera crew to follow us around for three days, and, and we did a sizzle reel, and they tried to, we tried to negotiate a contract, and we realized that it was all-consuming for three yeah. days, and we were going to have to do that for a couple months a year, and as much as my wife would have loved to do a TV show, we realized that it just it wasn't the best thing for the family. Um, so yeah. we we've turned down opportunities because we put our family first, and it, it's it's just it's never been a question. It's never something we regret. It sounds like that's really worked out well for you, and clearly, you know, uh, you guys are hitting success by your definition and so many others. So yeah. I think it's working out just fine. So we've made it to the growth rapid fire round where the questions are quick, but the answers don't need to be. Okay. So tell us, what's a book that's impacted your life the most or one you're excited about right now? Uh, let's see. Um, it's funny because the last couple of years, most of the books I've read have been with the kids and I haven't done as nearly <laughs> as much reading as, as I wanted to do. Um, I, I'm going to throw out a couple. So the, the first one, um, and I, this one's hard. So I'm sure everybody says Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Um, I am actually not a huge fan of the book from a tactical standpoint. I, I don't think mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a good guide for, for how to do things, but it, was the first book I ever read that kind of shifted my mindset, and uh, and Tim Ferriss's Four Hour Work Week was another. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the book that that probably is less well known that's really impacted my life from a from a business standpoint is a book called The Goal, and it's a, a book all about um, it, it's it's the the subtitle is The Theory of Constraints, and it's mm-hmm. all about how. To be successful in business, you need to remove the roadblocks. You need to remove um, the biggest constraint in your business to really allow your business to grow and to flourish. And so that that's probably been the the biggest uh, contributor to 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 the the success of my businesses. That's not a popular book that a lot of people have heard of. That's definitely one to add to the list. I haven't heard that one, but if it's made an impact on your life, I'm sure it'll make an impact on ours, right? So from an inspiration standpoint, who are some of your mentors, the people that you learned from or looked up to you, and how did they influence your career? Yeah, so um, it's funny. I, I'm not going to name any of the big names. For me, it's if it's been people in my life that are probably lesser well-known because they don't prioritize their careers. Um, I've had a lot of friends who have quit their jobs to pursue passion projects, um, who have quit their jobs to focus on their family. Um, I have a good friend that basically um, left a very, very successful business and career to move his family um, 
to Europe um, because they were having some family issues, some stuff with the kids where they they realized that they just need to get away. And so he kind of mm-hmm. gave everything up to to kind of do what he needed to do to to heal his family through through some stuff that they were going through. And so those are the types of people that really that that I look up to the most, the ones that that mm-hmm. nobody else has ever heard of um, because they haven't spent their lives trying to amass a fortune or fame or, or anything like that. Yeah. I love that because there's so many people out there that are like that, that we can look up to right in our own community. And frankly, we can be those people to, uh, to other folks. So uh, yeah. that, that can be an inspiration to us to step our game up and, and uh, you know, be a good example. Yep. So finally, from a purpose perspective, what drives you to live your best life every day? My kids, my wife. Um, so uh, my sole goal, as I see it, is to ensure that my kids grow up with the mindset and the attitude and the skills and the, the work ethic to be able to achieve whatever they define as success and happiness. And I would no, never tell somebody that my definition of success and, and, and happiness should be theirs. I know people who like they they put making money first and there's nothing wrong with that if that's what drives you and that's what makes you happy. Um, and I don't know what's going to make my kids happy, but I try and instill in them every single day that whatever it is as you grow up, you you define as happiness, that's what you need to to pursue and 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 try to achieve. And so for me that's kind of what drives me is just uh, making sure that my my kids have the, the right perspective on life and it's not just what I think is important that that they need to figure out what's important to them. Yeah. Well, I am so grateful that we've had such an awesome time. It's been powerful to listen and kind of hear a little bit about the way that you look at the world and some of your experiences. So thank you so much for being here. Where can people find out more about you? Or get in touch. Yeah. So um, if anybody wants to get in touch with me, uh, J, the letter J at 123flip.com is my best email address. Feel free to check out the, the website, 123flip.com. Um, and like you mentioned, have a, a new podcast through uh, that that, uh, that was put together by Bigger Pockets called the Bigger Pockets Business Podcast. So anybody out there that that's looking to get some actionable tips and information about uh, about business and entrepreneurship, I hope you'll have to check it out. Definitely recommend it. I will put uh, links to to Jay and uh, all the things that he talked about here today in the show notes. So make sure you guys head there, uh, join the Insider Club, and get some more information about what's going on over here at the Investor Mindset HQ. So thank you so much uh, for being with us, and uh, look forward to the next time we get to hang out. Awesome, really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Investor Mindset Podcast. If you like what you heard, make sure to rate, review, subscribe, and share it with a friend. Head over to theinvestormindset.com to join the Insider Club, where we share tools and strategies from the top investors and entrepreneurs on how to take it to the next level.